0: The meeting of two minds on the Badger Shelf. We'll set the world to rights and try to find more Badger puns. Welcome to the Badger Shelf.
1: Hello, once again, dear listeners. You're with the Badger Shelf for our. Second season. Ooh.
0: Yes, Eddie's still here. New season, no new me. You're welcome. <laughs> the same old Eddie Mackenzie, guest star who wouldn't leave. Bonjour. Literally in my house. <laughs> oh, it's it's incredible. It's it's 2023. We are here. We're back. People were scared for a while there, but we have returned.
1: Yes, we took December off. We enjoyed our Christmases. Oh, boy. We have come back. We are stronger than ever. Strike us down, etc., etc. And, uh, yeah, we're starting off the new new year with a new season. New logos. Oh, Ooh, we've pushed the boat out. We've gone fancy. It's all glam. Mm. And we're also going to try and do two episodes a month. Oh, God. So we'll see how long yeah. that lasts. <laughs>
0: we have plans. We have plans, everybody. But we'll see. Oh, you'll all see. You'll see. Anyway, on a lighter note,
1: <laughs> uh, we've decided to talk trilogies since we're now in 2023. As has become the
0: tradition with these start of the year episodes. But I think we'll probably call it with yeah, this one. Yeah, because then we'll be in quadrilogies and then... They're dicey. They are very dicey. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Um But let's, let's kick off with the obvious one, shall we? We're going to start good. We've got a list here, and then we'll work our way through them. And there's some, there, there's some mostly strong trilogies, but there's some dodgy ones as well. But we're starting very strong. We'll start very strong Bearish. by talking about Blade. Oh no, <laughs> you animal! <laughs> He's bamboozled me. I bamboozled.
1: Um, no, we, we'll come back to we'll come back <laughs> to the um, come back to be that.
0: Blade.
1: Hey, uh, let's start with
0: Lord of the Rings. But you know, I think what most people when you when you say the word trilogy, Lord of the Rings, is probably the first thing that comes to mind. It's either Star Wars or it's Lord of the Rings. Star Wars now being a trilogy of trilogies. It's a six sex tet. Sexology. No, that's a six nine. Three, six. Oh no, it's a nine Nonology. It's a nonology. <clears throat> nonology.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I still need to see the Prince Andrew musical.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Hello, Hey, we're off to a start. Ah. Uh, or the Godfather, I suppose, if you know you're a person of culture and class. But Lord of the Rings is what we're here to talk about. Yes, I. Um,
1: Lord of the Rings. Well, about the main one, not the Hobbits. Mm, the Hobbits are a different nation. That's a whole other thing. I mean, actually, I think with The Hobbit, they probably could have made a good two-part film.
0: Yeah, I think it was a lot of pressure on him to, to achieve a similar effect that he uh, made with Lord of the Rings, they were like, oh, we want another flash-in-the-pan success. You know that that one-in-a-lifetime thing you pulled off? Uh, (laughs) We want you to do it again, okay? Again, please. No. Peter Jackson, the the reason, I think, that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is so good is because it was made um, as most trilogies aren't. Let me look at Star Wars, for instance. That was made, the first film was a sort of hit um, it was a sort of unsuspecting hit And it was basically, alright, make your weird space film We'll see what happens I And mean, then it did very well, and he got to make the rest of it Whereas Lord of the Rings, I'm pretty sure before that An undertaking of that scale Had never happened, and hasn't happened since A trilogy entirely made In one sitting Nearly three years of filming Of initial pre- uh, pre- uh, Mid-production like um, What's that called, primary production? Um, I have no idea You're the the industry expert. So major filming, what do you call that? Um, There's a term for it. Somebody will correct me in the comments. But yeah, nearly three years on location, just actors basically living together, never going home. It's never been done before, and it's never been done since. And that is why it is the most cohesively strong trilogy. Yes. Because he made it as one film, basically, and just put it together. It's a stunning piece of work. it is also
1: the correct way to watch it
0: (laughs) (laughs) in one go please every time Mm, all three extended please i simply could not watch only one very moorish i don't remember the last time i've only watched
1: one but you know what i actually struggle watching one because i find the the ending of um, fellowship bizarre Mm. i I feel like it ends on such a
0: weird note it's very peculiar I have a friend who tells tells the story of going to see the film, and it ends, and she stands up and was like, is that it? What? In the middle of the cinema. Because it does, they just, they they come and they climb over that hill, and they look and they see Mordor, and it ends, and everyone's like, what? I know. <laughs> Having read the books as a child, you know, I knew there was more to come. But yeah, and most people were freaked out by the ending. Yeah. They just sort of... Ended, but that was the idea. Peter Jackson was like, There's more coming. I'm just going to leave it on this literal cliffhanger. On this cliff.
1: (laughs) It's wonderful. Yeah, that actually pissed me off as well when I saw it. But, um...
0: (laughs) oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I am, you know, known to many on this podcast as an obsessive, as a Lord of the Rings obsessive. I watch documentaries, I watch the behind the scenes stuff. I have absorbed so much information about the creation of these films, I, I come across new nuggets all the time, and it's entertaining every time. Ooh, did you know when uh, he kicked
1: that helmet?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the greatest fact, it's of the greatest time. fact is the greatest fact. Or if anyone listening doesn't know that, mm. I'm just going to leave
0: it hanging. They were all just so injured. I don't think there's ever been a more injured cast as well. Everyone was breaking bones. Legolas fell off a horse in like the first week, broke a rib. Everyone was suffering, uh, like that. Yeah, the scene when they're all running at the start of Two Towers was after Aragorn had broken his foot, oh. Legolas had broken a rib, and Gimli had done something. And he was wearing that armor as well. Like he was like, "I'm going to wear the real armor. I'm not going to run in like fake armor. I want to do it." And they are running across these mountains. And bless them, they did it. They put the effort in, and they look exhausted because they are literally they naked, exhausted, injured falling apart and this is what i'm talking about it's it was almost i mean it's it's a it's a filmmaking process has never been matched i don't think anyone would finance it he he literally went to the last studio and um and wingnut films and um a studio line what they called line something line new line cinema were basically the last ones he came to and they went right It's going to be two films. They convinced them to make it three. We're going to do it all in one go. And um, it was the first rushes they got. Anyone who doesn't know the industry terms, rushes are essentially the very quick edit you get after shooting. And basically they had to get the rushes from the weather top scene was the first thing they filmed with Aragorn. And they were like, right, get that filmed and show it to the studio and that will be our film made. And it was it was running on that. And if they'd seen that and gone, no, this pants, we're not making this. That was it. And Aragorn had only been cast two weeks prior because they didn't like the first guy. And they'd filmed, like, two weeks of stuff with the first Aragorn. And then... Who was the first Aragorn? I, I, I've watched a thing about this recently. Um, a great actor. He's been in loads of other stuff, but he just didn't fit the part. And... Um, Peter actually wanted Vigo originally, but they wouldn't cast him. And so he went, Oh, you don't like that guy? We're getting Vigo. And so that's it. He basically had to come in and do the Weathertop fight f- fresh with like no training. Everyone else had been in the boot camp. Everyone else knew each other. Vigo and Mortensen came into the thing fresh as a daisy, filmed the Weathertop fight scene, and uh, uh, New Line Cinema went, Yeah, okay, cool, cool, carry on. <laughs> it's beautiful. Have you now googled who the previous Aragorn No, was?
1: I've been remembering. Oh. And it was uh, <laughs> Stuart Townsend.
0: Stuart Townsend, yes. Who was um
1: the he was um Dorian Gray in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
0: Yeah. Basically That, yeah, that it, should have been a trilogy. Uh, um was was that before or after Lord of the Rings? I think after, it was I think. Yeah. Because he did something, and that's why he
1: got Lord of the Rings. That's one of those adaptations that just never would have happened without Lord of the Rings.
0: Mm. You know? Yes. I mean, that's another thing. He, he came along in a world where fantasy was uncool. Nobody wanted to look at it. It was all nerdy 80s stuff. What wizards? Goblins? Now I want planes blowing up and Russian spies. That's cool. You know? It was all James Bond and Nazis. And Peter Jackson was a kid with a dream. And he believed. And now it's all fantasy. You can't move for fantasy adaptations. It's incredible. It's unreal. 20 years on. I like Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
1: yes, you do. E! You? As, as well known at
0: this point. But uh, but it's just a stunning undertaking. And that it's evident when you watch them. They are one movie. They blend together. It's a love letter to the source material. It's gorgeous. It really is. It really is.
1: Oh. I do think... It's difficult because a lot of the time when someone wants to make a trilogy, they don't know if they're going to get to make the trilogy. They, they, they put out the first one and go, oh, thank God, it made
0: money back. Let's try and get, squeak the second one through.
1: <laughs> That's
0: exactly it. That's why it's such a, a weird production. The fact that he was able to make this is a miracle. And it's, if anything, it should have shown um, production studios how it should be done. But they're, you know, they're still terrified. I mean, at the end of the day, it was drawing
1: from one of the most iconic works of fiction. Yeah. Second only
0: to, I'd say, the Bible. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, boy. It's just one of these miraculous movie moments, you know, these pieces of history. And you wonder how the hell they did it. And if anyone could do it again, you know, it's once in a lifetime. Oh, definitely. Oh, to be alive at the same time as Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay, we'll go with that. It's quite stunning.
1: However, speaking of... um, Well, this is the thing. It it does ruin trilogies when there's an obvious disconnect between the first film and the rest of them. Mm. Okay? And that's the only thing that throws me when I watch Back to the Future. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because the whole thing, obviously, is three acts of one story. Yeah. I don't care what anyone else says. That is true. Yeah. But it's the fact that they made the first one, and then they made the trilogy. Mm. So two and three are essentially seamless, but there's a bit of a disconnect going from one to two when Marty's girlfriend spontaneously explodes into someone
0: else. <laughs> that is an unfortunate, yep. The unfortunate thing about the movie business is it's all built on people. And if you can't have the same people, it's very hard to replicate. Um, You know, unfortunately, the original actress's mother was ill, and so the original actress didn't come back for the second film. And fair play to The actress in the second film is very, very good. And a lot of people don't realise, you know, when you tell them that they're different actresses, they go, what? Ah!" You know, a lot of people didn't notice. She did slot into the role perfectly. Exactly. And um, know, you know what, that's really not the worst thing about Back to the Future 2. But there's an example as well of, of the difference between filming yeah. it all in one go, like Lord of the Rings, and filming something like Back to the Future, where in the second one, obviously, they go back to the 80s, to the 50s, and they recreate the scene in the 50s and you know and they do it all again but they've had to recreate that and refilm it and then everyone's obviously slightly different and there's slightly different stuff and um you do suspend your disbelief you know you can kind of, you look at it and you go that's ah, the same thing but there's obviously little differences little stuff little things that yeah, change no. but um yeah it's as you say they got the first one made and it miraculously was a hit and the studio went okay carry on and you've just got to do the best you can do and they bloody did <laughs> They, they did, did the I best mean, they could do. Back, I think back they did feature three. Because was that not. They did the second and third together then. I yes. think that's what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah because it a,
1: when, when you get to the end of the second one, it's just an advert for the third one.
0: Mm, you know? Yeah. Very good. That's. Yeah. I mean, they are. The second and third come together seamlessly. It's mm. just like. Because it was. It was literally a day. you know, And it feels like watching them that you're just. You're there with Marty. You're, you're wumbling through time. Wumbling through, through time. Wumbling <laughs> through there's time. There's the wumbled Back to the Future crossover we've all been there you go. begging for. Wumbling through time. That's Marty McFly, baby. There's always talk as well of recreating Back to the Future. Some arsehole comes along and says, now is the time. And I don't Never think it'll ever happen. The thing is, Back to the Future
1: is timeless. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ridiculous. But I think as it's aged, it's gotten... Like the first one, it's gotten better. Because it starts off with all these 80s things, and then it goes to the 50s, and you see how it's all different. Which was funny for people in the 80s. But now, it's it's gotten a whole new layer of... Yes, it's already ridiculous. Why are you finding it still ridiculous? Because we're looking at it through a double layer of back
0: in time. Yeah. And we are... We are 40 years now from when it would be... Stop it. (laughs) If he made it now, he wouldn't go back to the 80s. He'd go back to the 90s. We've missed it if we wanted to do, like, the next one. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But it's interesting because they do say that society has a sort of 30-year cycle and everything recycles. Because now it is all the 80s stuff and the 90s stuff is back. For a while, we had all the 80s stuff. And that's why Back to the Future had a sudden resurgence in popularity. But now... It's all 90s street fashion and, like, techno music has come back. And all these weird things from our childhood, the kids are doing
1: now. People from our childhood are now in their early 30s and have buying power.
0: Yeah. And And the kids discover photos of their millennial parents and they go, Oh, mum, that was so cool. And now they start dressing like them subconsciously. And, like, baggy jeans are back. We had skinny jeans for ten years, and now it's the baggiest things we did. We didn't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we were adamantly against the skinny jeans. My my, my baggy
1: but jeans just got less and less baggy because of other factors. I but uh... see,
0: <laughs> what we did was we waited out, and we're now cool again. We uh, <laughs> we we, we, <laughs> we circled round, and we are fashionable again. But it's mad. It's all nineties culture now. It's all big raincoats and mad like baggy clothes and those mental trainers and things. It's all oh, nuts. It
1: is. It's absolutely know? just. I I I've, I've long since given up on trying to keep track.
0: And the the current gen, the Gen Z, pretend that they've come up with it all. And it's like no, we we all wore that twenty years ago, thirty years ago. What are you talking about? I know, about? and this is exactly what happened when we were young. It's amazing. So that, yeah, but that's exactly what we say. Back to the future. Is stronger now because of the added meta exactly. level to it and it, it'll just get better the more you look back you'll have another 30 years and kids will go oh my god that's ridiculous and you thought that was cool and now that's outdated and their parents are going to go oh god and it's just going to get better and better
1: in order to second time. and go oh my god is that what 20, 2015
0: was like oh jeez hoverboards <laughs> and neon over jaws sign oh god bless them but
1: they were they were partially right with the amount of random Jaws films and Star
0: Wars sequels and mm-hmm. if they yeah I think if they'd chosen Star Wars it would have been more prophetic I think but they did um, they, the reason they did um, Jaws, Jaws of course was because um, Spielberg was a producer on the thing so that was a nice little nod to him yeah, uh, think, yeah. to be honest the, the hologram shark coming down that was just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic it was very cool <laughs> oh man very good so yeah back to the feature. good trilogy good trilogy coherent a, a good trilogy is basically if you can watch it all in one sitting and it feels like a story in one go if it's jo- jaunty and nonsense and things don't fit together and you watch it and you go oh that's wrong that's bleh. terrible and we'll get to them
1: <laughs> now you say that mm. oh no however the next one I'm going to bring up because I'm not going through this list in order oh heavens the Naked Gun. Oh, The Naked Gun. Because every, everyone is completely disconnected. Well, that's true. You know, it's, oh, they end up happily ever after. Oh, they've got divorced. <laughs> it, you know, between every film, everything falls apart. And he's like back somewhere completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's
0: also one of my favourite trilogies. They are amazing. Frank Drebin. You can't beat him. Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Police squad. <laughs> Well, that's an example of a, a non... Um, Coherent. <laughs> non-coherent, uh, a non-linear trilogy. Like, it's not really following... Lon, non-linear. Non-linear, is that what I mean? It's, you know, it's not going... You're the only person
1: i ever met to say the word linear,
0: as linear. Linear? 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 Yeah. What's linear? Oh, my God. A linear. Linear? Linear? <laughs> Inventory? <laughs> oh... Inventory. Linear. Linear. What's linear?
1: Like, as a line.
0: I'm having a breakdown. Linear. Have you been saying it as... All right. (laughs) Linear. Yes. Linear. They're the same. Linear.
1: Linear. (laughs)
0: Lefar. Spoke. spoke. Wherever you are. Spoke the raven. Linear. (laughs) Linear. (laughs) My dear Linear. (laughs) Well, I've, I've, okay. There's a crisis ready. <laughs> linear. It is linear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, linear. I, I made fun of
1: you for this in the previous episode. And I thought it was just like a slip of the tongue. Wow. Okay. This is
0: the, this is this is the content, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Naked Gun is an example. Like we would, we were looking at the, um, the Knives Out series is another example where there's a sort of main character and there's a sort of concept. And it sticks to that. But everything else is different. The plot is different. The characters are different. You know, there's no real...
1: Sometimes that actually
0: works so much better. It's like the Poirot series or any of these sort of, um, uh, you know, non-consecutive style stories. Like James Bond is not really um, sequels. They They don't really have stuff in common a lot of the time. But Daniel Craig once very much made a point of making everything connect. And you watch all four of them and it's like five of them?
1: I I actually didn't okay. enjoy them as
0: much. This is the thing. I think there were
1: five. It's like to to draw well to draw a bit of a parallel. It's like that South Park. Like they had the two series of interwoven oh, plots. Yeah, and they were just universally panned. <laughs> it's just then they then they went back to like current events and every episode being standalone, and it mm. was it was back on form.
0: Yeah, you know, it was an interesting thing they tried. It, but, it uh, was,
1: but I think it just got too messy. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, some of the best Southwark episodes were like the two-parters or the three-parters.
0: Mm. Imagination Land. Oh, Imagination Land. That was traumatic. But, um, <laughs> man, bear, pig. <laughs> yes.
1: <sighs> and yet, like, the old James Bond films where it's like he's got a mission, he does the mission. I should complete. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, some some of the old ones where there was, like, this shadowy felt in the background, and, oh, he's been behind all of this. Yeah.
0: But it was just, like, a recurring theme, rather than... There was the one where... Who was the one... Who was it when his wife died? Was that Sean Connery? Or was that the next one? Oh, I can't remember, actually. It, was a, it wasn't... They, one, was they, it? And You get to the end of the film, and then they kill his wife, and then that's kind of hanging over him for the rest of the films. I think that was maybe... um. Who was the one after Sean? It wasn't... um, um, Oh, goodness me. I can't remember. So it was Our Majesty's Secret Service, George Lazenby. Lazenby. The Lazenby ones had a kind of through line, yeah. Mm. Um, But mostly, yeah, it was just James Bond is in a pickle. Let's see what he does. And you could watch a Bond film happily and not really have to have seen any of them before and just kind of have a concept of what Bond was and you could do it happily. yeah. Um, and sometimes I think that works better. To be fair, uh the Daniel Craig one it was interesting the way it all kind of came together. But it was just thing is people expect that now. Yeah. This yeah. is this is where we are with films. It's the we're in the age of the MCU, whether mm, people like it or not. Everything's gotta be connected. Everyone needs to be related. Oh, who's that character? Oh, he's his nemesis from there. Oh, he couldn't just be a random bloke.
1: You know? Oh, who's this main character? Is she just some random person? Nope, she's the previous baddie's granddaughter.
0: Just come on! There's six billion people in this world. Not everyone needs to know each other. It's the this is the problem.
1: This is my issue with the Star Wars sequel trilogy, okay? We're on Star Wars, deal with
0: We've moved on. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye. Bye, Jim. What were we on? Naked Gun? We've moved on! We've moved on. Uh, we deal all with come it, down to Naked Gun. Shut it, Drebin'!
1: we will come back to driven um but this is my problem with that trilogy like there's six billion or seven billion people on this planet Mm. how many planets are we dealing with in star wars why is everyone irrelevant related (laughs) you know and this is this is why i like the fact that they're trying to push away from like the skywalker saga into other things yes yes and if I think Mandalorian, if they end it with the next season, that will be we'll be returning to trilogies for that. <laughs> but um, you know, he, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. And yeah, he's like he's really good at what he does because he's been training his whole life because of shit that happened to him as a kid. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like a Jedi's child. He better not end up being like someone important's child. <laughs> Like, Disney, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, sponsor us. But don't do that.
0: It's... The Mandalorian, the first season especially, succeeded on the anonymity of this mysterious Western-style character who never took his hat off, who was just walking in and doing his job, and he never got attached. And you're like, you don't know who he is, and you don't need to know who he is. And he's just... A guy with his own sort of set of morals. But the thing is, you don't know who he is, but you do know who he is. He's the Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. He is
1: the guy he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. He looks after Grogu. He does he's got his own mo his own um, code of morals. You don't have to know his backstory. You don't have to know like six generations of his family to know who he is. Yes. He can
0: take you in hot or he can take you in cold. That's all you need to know. Go <laughs> back. It's so good. Ah, oh, I yeah. I think that is definitely an issue with um. We're not just Star Wars, but with so much storytelling these days, everyone's obsessed with connection and tying things up. And people, because the internet and people like us, people who make these sort of podcasts, are so critical of any potential plot hole that they perceive. When you know, it's really really annoying. I was on Twitter recently, and every year at Christmas, there are people that go. Oh, what about this in Home Alone? Oh, here's a plot hole. Here's a plot hole. And then you look at the thing and you go, no, no, they're all answered. That is like a watertight script. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, why, why would he, why would he not phone the police? Because he thinks he's under, he thinks he's wanted for stealing a toothbrush. No. Yes. It's it's even more simple than that. And it's the guy dressed as a policeman at the start. No, it's even more simple than that. The phone's are cut.
1: Yeah, the phone line. Well are that's out.
0: that's the basic thing. But like why <laughs> well, would he not he didn't phone the police? Why would he not go for help? Because well, all the houses are empty. Yeah. Everyone's away. He thinks everyone's disappeared. Yeah, like, they, he they do he,
1: answer all these questions in the opening scene. They're
0: all like, oh, why didn't they check his ticket? Because it goes in the bin. The whole script is tight. It's amazing. Chris Columbus poured over that thing and people pick it apart as if it's crap. And it's no. All your questions. It's coming back to Lord of the Rings, the whole fucking eagle plot hole. It's not a plot hole. It's character driven.
1: Yeah, I mean, like there's two two very real answers. and very angry. <laughs> there are two very real answers to why they didn't just fly the eagles to Mount Doom. One, the eagles are a very proud race, and they they're not just at Gandalf's beck and call. They owed him a favor. Yeah, you know because he is he's quite important oh, in yes. the mythology of the land. So they did co- come to his aid in The Hobbit. Yes. Also, that's cool. Yeah. If they just flew in... They've got air And they've been spotted from miles away and taken out in the air and having delivered the ring.
0: Mm. The
1: whole point was
0: covert, sneaky business. It's it's in themselves.
1: They need a small force to not draw attention. Exactly. And the other answer, which is 100% equally as correct... That wouldn't be very fun to watch. <laughs> I don't understand these people that, 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 that want... like uh, You watch Taskmaster, and sometimes someone comes up with a, a, a way around it and it's like, well, that's quite clever, but you don't want to pay a tenor to go to the cinema and sit there for 20 minutes
0: and someone do the same thing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Drama is tension is story. You know, you don't want people to solve it easily. You want to struggle. You want to see how they do it. It's the whole point of cinema. People annoy me. Oh, my <laughs>
1: God. <laughs> oh, dear. The, the, amount, the amount of, like, questions and plot
0: holes that are answered by, well, I wouldn't really be a very good story now, would it? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, that's what the characters decided to do. You might have done something different, but you're not in the story. That's so why no one's up. making a film about your dull life.
1: <laughs> that's right, Dave. Deal with it. Ha! Ah! You thought you were safe in a new season. <laughs>
0: What 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 time what time are we in? Half an hour in. Nearly half an hour in. Yeah, and we've mentioned David. Well, new year, new he. Hopefully, anyway, oh, no. what's <laughs> what's next?
1: <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Nikiga. Let's come. You're better, Nika. Come on, to driven. Uh, lovely. Mm. That is a trilogy where, like, you can w- watch any of them and they're completely disconnected again, because it's it's um.
0: Police Squad, the TV show. Have you watched any of it? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I love it. The gag rate in that show, it's unmatched still.
1: And the thing, the problem is, it aired in America. Mm. If that show had aired in the UK, it would have gone much, much bigger. Oh, yeah. Because we like this thing. We, the, the, at the time, right? they decided that it wasn't going to work with U- US audiences because they can't pay attention to that many jokes. Mm. and that literally they want everything spoon fed to them and they it want it needs telegraphed enough. it needs signposted it needs a laugh track to Ugh. let them know when to laugh oh. and yeah, like you, you, you would have got away with it in British television at the time it's incredibly British comedy but the problem is the worst part of it if it was made today it would go down much better mm. globally ahead of its time it was so ahead of its time it's, it's too smart for its own good oh. Although, the opening scene of the first Naked Gun, you would not get away with making today. There are... All those like world reader- leaders like, ah, let's have a terrorist attack on America. Ha, 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 ha. The, um... Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: also, O.J. Simpson. Um. Oh. No, that's the best. That's the thing of the series that aged the best. <laughs> O.J. Simpson has an awful time.
0: He does.
1: <laughs> he keeps getting the worst. Oh. He literally like gets shot and stabbed and burned and right over, and like every every film, I like, think he something really bad happens to him. And you know what? He had it coming. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, it happened afterwards, but they knew they wouldn't have written that. You know, oh boy, it was preemptive, It was prophetic. Some say it's why he snapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
1: I mean, I say that, you know, frequently, but uh... oh jeez oh and yeah as a, as a trilogy it's so disconnected it's three completely separate plots different characters different villains I think different love interest in one of them yeah, yeah. I can't remember I need to watch them again actually
0: is it yeah. is it the same in the first and the second and then it's, and it's a new one in the third new one in the third yeah yeah because in the second one, he's trying to get her back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dear oh
1: dear but yes, phenomenal films. Uh, Weird Al cameos in all of them.
0: Yeah. and if, if if you weren't already sold on it, then that should have sold it. Oh, they yeah, are like I know. Um, the airplane uh, toology is probably more widely known. Okay, first off, geology. <laughs> Dude, toology, Thank you. Use the scientific terms, <laughs> you know. But a lot of people haven't heard of Naked Gun. It's horrifying. It's a lot more niche. Yeah. Everyone knows Airplane. Airplane is the one that came along and revolutionised the world. And that's what everyone references when they talk about comedic influence. You know, Family Guy talks about Airplane. They all talk about Airplane. But Naked Gun is just magnificent. There are so many scenes that are still being parodied. And they themselves were parodying of other things. It's just extraordinary. Oh, yeah. There's that wonderful scene in one of them where they're in Grand Central train station... And it's a parody of The Untouchables with the pram and the baby. And Frank's trying to catch the pram. And it just goes on for like 10 minutes. And the pram's like, cha-chong, cha-chong, falling down. And he's like taking out all these people. And he keeps getting caught behind other things. And there's like a cow at one point. And he stops to pick up a penny. Yeah. (laughs) It's so
1: good, just the most ludicrous humor. That's I think that's the third one because he's he's like that was the 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 event that made him retire from the force.
0: Uh. Oh, (laughs) so good.
1: That was amazing. Mm. Oh, I love raw sewage. I've been Uh. throwing. I because he's trying to like the code word for them to come in is I love it. Yeah, and he gets caught. Like, what's that smell? Oh, I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're a real freak, man. <laughs> I said, I love it. <laughs> That's a code. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, Leslie Nielsen. like you're playing <laughs> the straight man. <laughs> it's
0: the most weird scenario. <gasps> but it just it came together beautifully. Yeah. It really did. It's the same way that... Um, A Muppet's Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. You hear him talk about it and he goes, well, the only way I can make this work is by playing it the straightest possible. I can't acknowledge that they're Muppets. I can't, you know, I can't be comedic. I need to play this as if it's the Royal Shakespeare Company or it's not going to work. And that's why it's amazing. Because Uh, he's putting in the performance of his life alongside a bunch of Muppets and it's so powerful. It is. And that's why Leslie Nielsen's so good, because he's just playing it straight. He's not chasing the gag. He's not going like so many horrendous film comedians do. He's just acting. He is playing a character. And the character is so inept that it's wonderful. He's so inept yet. But he's just flawless. And it's just all the things that happen around him. Hilarious. Oh, he's, I mean, he is still one of the best straight men playing against himself almost. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, just wonderful. You could edit the Naked Gun films into
1: serious police dramas,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: by like just cutting out some bits of dialogue, some background stuff. I mean, it'd be not as fun. But, (laughs) not as fun. It's all very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, However, another crime fighting trilogy. I'm just railroading us all over the place. Yeah. This is outrageous. Um which was more played for laughs and the, the there's a lot more sort of jimming the
0: camera, that sort of thing. Is it uh, Austin Powers. Oh Crime fighting is it? I was wondering which one you I thought you were going for Batman. <laughs> oh yeah, that's we're crime fighting. Really no, I get yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not I, it's International agent. man of mystery. You know, and that's That's interesting because yeah, the Austin Powers character is not a straight man. As much as he loves the... The, 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 the straights, yes. Like, ooh, dear. Yeah. Uh, he's gurning up a storm. But it works, again, because it's it's the best thing for the character. You know? But it, it, it's the opposite. That he's
1: the ridiculous man. Mm. And everyone else is so... Everyone curious. else is
0: taking... It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you need. You can't... You can either have everyone, everyone be ridiculous... And what you you can't have everyone be ridiculous. You need to have that. Yeah, you either need a straight man or a <laughs> gag man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the, and that's where comedy comes from. It's the extremities. It's the, it's the, um, it's the, it's the, the contrast is where it's funny. And it's all these serious agents taking it seriously, and he's going, "Yeah, baby," <laughs> and you're going, "No, what the fuck?" <laughs> but it's like
1: every, everyone's taking it seriously, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is my job." <laughs> And it's like, oh, you've killed this nameless henchman. We'll have to go call his family now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But ev- every name, every like location is just so ridiculous. It's so good. But they believe it. And that's that Bible
0: I... exposition. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. oh, so funny. I sat and watched them all earlier this year because they all came on Netflix. And I'd forgotten just how good they are they like, really are oh my god again occasionally problematic that was the 90s but oh the gag rate just the genius of the scripts it's so tight so tight mm-hmm. like you know the you know they start to get ridiculous as, as it goes on obviously because things get a bit more bloated but like the first film is just tight. Doof, 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 doof. you know hilarious stuff it's very good and again michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah, again, playing it straight. That's his, He's always oh, oh, wonderful. I need to watch him again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd actually quite happily just sit and watch, watch them all again. And it, the Austin Powers one, the reason I started watching them is because, again, we talked about the new generation of people rediscovering stuff. TikTok was suddenly full of Austin Powers quotes at the start of the year, and everyone, like, I don't know what happened. Everyone must have watched Goldmember all of a sudden because it was all these quotes from Austin Powers, and it was amazing. Um, and it's because it's timeless. It's a very quotable film. Very good, very quotable. Oh, two yeah. things
1: as well I can't stand: people who are intolerant, intolerant of other people's cultures,
0: and the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You're dead to me. I'm what dead to me. <laughs> You can be farther from the truth. Farther from the truth. Oh, oh. Daddy didn't love me Daddy Dad Daddy oh. So good. Oh jeez. And the bit there's a <laughs> there's a novelization. <laughs> there's a there's there's a literal novelization of austin powers and you know the scene in the first one where they're breaking into dr evil's uh, lair and he has to, they're going the wrong way in the carts and he goes you go ahead i'll turn around <laughs> and it's <laughs> austin realized he was stuck and he was going the wrong way not very groovalicious he t- <laughs> so he slowly turned the cart one way and then the other and then they have slowly <laughs> and, it it and it's and it's just beautiful. And that I mean that and that is a wonderful example of committing to the bit. Because that is like a two minute clip of him from back and forth in the, and he's looking and he believes it. He thinks he's gonna he keeps looking over his shoulder. And they just they hold it and it just gets funnier and funnier.
1: Oh. I'm like, like the guy that's like, Stop! As they're on this really slow steamroller. Yeah!
0: Get out of the way! <laughs>
1: oh god! <laughs>
0: really good. And Will Ferrell's character who keeps getting killed. Like, oh god, he's dead! No! I'm actually still alive! The fire has only singed my nerves! I think I could live! Uh, oh. Um, oh no, let's run away. Oh no, I just need a robot. Help. Oh my God, you're here to save me. Oh, oh, the bullet entered my lung, but I still live. Oh, now the fire. You shot me. Why? <laughs>
1: so, and I think I know what we're doing after after this
0: episode. Holy Moses! Uh, it's very good. It's, it's, yeah, Mike Michael Myers, Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Michael uh, Myers is Michael the
1: it's um, Halloween.
0: Mike Myers at the at the height of his like oh, career, yeah. unstoppable. Oh my god, he's had a few weird ones recently. I've not seen the Love Guru, but. I've heard about it. <laughs> I'm, 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 the, the look I'm giving you is when you're calling it recent. Uh, oh, well, okay, yes, thank you. Um, apparently, the the Pentaveret that he did with Netflix, which is basically based on I Married an Axe Murderer, like a throwaway joke in that, isn't meant to be very good. Um, but, yeah, Mike Myers was a force of nature back in the day. The pre-Shrek times. The pre-Shrek times. The days before Shrek.
1: Has he done anything recently?
0: Well, the the Pentaveret on Netflix. Oh yes that. Which as I say was based on like a throwaway comment in So I Mar- Pardon me, in So I Married an Axe Murderer. And he just thought one day, I'm gonna make a show about that thing I joked about thirty years ago. And that, that's the power of Netflix. That is incredible. Unbelievable. So yeah, Austin Powers, again. Moments of it haven't aged, but overall it's it's still a very good trilogy. Oh, yes. And speaking
1: of trilogies featuring Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's that railroad. Um, the Cronetto Trilogy. <laughs> um,
0: no, The Dark Knight. Nice, nice. A
1: bit of a strange one, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very widely renowned. Mm. um. You know, comic book movie aficionados. Probably would say it's the best. The, so, but... the, the very brand new Batman film apparently is the best. It's tasty. But the, the Dark Knight trilogy, it's a very good trilogy.
0: Yeah.
1: Despite the fact they left out a lot of more classic Batman yes. things. Yes. I think it was, it was definitely that time of dark and gritty film adaptations.
0: We are, yeah, we're in the, the Christopher Nolan... Post-Jason Bourne, Mm, dark, edgy, you know, we want things to be serious. This is a film for adults, you know, it's grown up, it's not for kids, it's comic books for for people that read the New York Times or whatever, Pish, Washington Post, I don't know. Um, And The Dark Knight, the middle episode of the trilogy, I suppose, is one of the greatest films of all time. It's not just an amazing Batman film. That will be remembered as one of the best films of this era. It's just flawless.
1: I mean, Batman Begins was a great Batman film. It's a great film. Probably my favourite interpretation of the Batman origin. Ooh, it's very good. You know? Mm. And I, I think that the upsetting thing is that they went to the Joker too quick. Yeah. Because he is the iconic Batman villain. Mmm. You know? I could have quite happily watched, like, six... Christopher Nolan Batman films and eventually got to the Joker.
0: Well, you know he was meant to be in it still, of course. But um... I know, I know. Huh. But but like, not actually show the Joker
1: until like the last one. Have him just be in the background. Yeah, like, like Batman Begins end with how he left his calling card and it's a Ooh. Joker, and everyone in the cinema, everyone knows what that's about. You know, it's the Joker. But if they had like, in the next film, eh he ends you know, meets Robin at the next one. It like mm-hmm. builds up to like prop like established Batman. Yeah. And then the Joker just absolutely demolishes everything around him. Mm. That would have been a great series of films. I mean it was. But
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. It's interesting because we talk we've talked about in this episode making trilogies as separate films. Mm. And Nolan had, for all intents and purposes, but he wanted to make more. He wanted to make a whole series with Heath Ledger as the Joker working away. You know, he's obviously made the Dark Knight and he'd introduce the Joker, but he wanted him to be at the background in in Arkham and come back again. And um the reason that Dark Knight Rises was so t- well, I, it's still a very good film, but it's it, a very good. It's definitely it feels slightly off or disjointed slightly because. Bane fills this role that would have been suited to the Joker or somebody, you know you'd, the Joker would have been someone to tear down all of Bruce Wayne's and laugh while doing it and just destroy things and it's, um
1: yeah, cause Bane would be just sent
0: to do some smashing and then back again Like yeah, he wouldn't be this mastermind like, in the comics Bane is not renowned as a tactical genius, you know he's not an, he's not an idiot, but you know he normally works with other people He's kind of the muscle for other people, and it was um, it was interesting because they, you know, it's the post nine eleven, domestic terrorist type thing. He was being used as that sort of late two thousands. This is you know, this is what America's like: stock market, um, cyber terrorism, all that kind of stuff. It was filling a role. It was a film of its time. Oh, that that's that's the most yeah. interesting part of it. And then and that's why they wrote that. You know, Bane was used as a character to explain. Extremism and explain radicalism and why people might want to do this sort of thing, Um, and I think you know if if we hadn't lost Heath, we would have had a very different series of films. Oh yes, and I you know I enjoy the Dark Knight Rises and I think um, your man there did a very good job as Bane, but um, yeah, I do dream of a world. Yes, we all dream of the world where Ledger had lived. Because, I mean, it is a great trilogy. I can watch them again and again. Oh, yeah, you know, this is the thing. Oh. It's a good trilogy. Mm. Um, I don't know.
1: Personally, I do prefer the the, the the age of comic book movies where we are now, where it's a bit more tongue-in-cheek. Yes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's still high production value. It's still, you know, actors putting in their all. Mm. But they're having fun with it. Yeah, no, it's there's it's, a, it's still a comic book movie mm. according to the
0: galaxy being the, tip <laughs> the of extremity yes like whoa. <laughs> yeah but uh i mean have you have you seen the batman the one that just came out i actually haven't oh. i've been so busy it's um, very good and again, i will watch it again interestingly it's kind of a film of its time and this is this is why I always get annoyed by people that say, "Oh, comic book movies are just silly. And they're just superheroes running around doing stuff, and everything's fine." And it's no, they are all metaphorical. You know, you look at these things. You look at um, the Winter Soldier, for instance, and that's about you know uh, counterintelligence and like um, cyber security, and it's about you know it's about extremism again. It's about these domestic terrorists and 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 how people can be radicalised and used against their own country and all this kind of crap. Um, all these films, they all have points to make. And the Batman, again, is a film of its time. It's got the the villain. Uh, it could be a real person now. You know, he could be like anyone. You know how um The Dark Knight Rises, there was that screening that got shot up? Yes. It's It's like, the Riddler could have been that guy, and that's how they kind of portray him. He is a guy that's gone mad because of the internet and he thinks he's a genius and he's got all these things to say and so he uses murder as a way of being intelligent and getting his message out and he's got all these radical ideas from being too online and it's amazing and that's you know and that's what great comic movies they do they look at the world around them and go let's tell a story through these characters and, and that's
1: why... And that is a very big part of comics. It goes all the way back to Captain America literally punching Hitler in the face. Literally.
0: Pit. When people say comics are for children and they're simple, they do not grasp the concept. These are characters through which to tell stories. It's like Jesus in the parables. It goes all the way back to that. You know, he's talking about the, the, the man on the road and the good man and the Samaritan. The and good the, Samaritan, yes. the good Samaritan, and The good Samaritan and the, the holy man and all that stuff. And these are all characters. And it's the same as Iron Man, Superman, Batman. They're all characters we recognise, but we use them to tell great stories. Yes. They are conduits through which to talk about the world we live in. This has got very serious. Oh. <laughs> I'm on the Tom Collins. Dear, oh dear. Uh, but the Batman is very good I look forward to the next ones it oh, was a oh, yes. oh. great core. I think Robert Pattinson
1: DC is finally sort of finding a good foothold in which to make more movies oh yeah oh
0: yeah They I mean if that's the tone going forward oh mama it felt a lot like reading year one Oh yeah, you know that the yeah. grit, the desperation, just the dirt on the page, just Batman, just desperate to make a difference, and literally like, fighting uphill, not knowing what he was doing, and that's it. They would capture it. He's just desperately floundering around trying to fix things, and it's amazing. So good. Mm. Oh, I'll keep eye. I'll watch it.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I do rank that very high on my list of um, superhero trilogies, mm. specifically. It's I mean, on it's the prices. opposite end of the list... Oh, no. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh,
0: now, we've talked about this at length. We have talked about this at length, but I just want to say one thing. Shit. It's... <laughs> the topic of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy is one of the things that divides us as people at a, at a heart level, at a, at a molecular level, we are split on this. Oh, yes. Like, it's one of the few things that we don't meet in the middle on. There is no no no-man's land. There is no happy peace to be found when discussing Sam Raimi.
1: I I used to tolerate them. Tolerate? Tolerate. Good lord. Because I'd grown up watching much better Spider-Man things before that. (sighs) You know, I was already such a massive Spider-Man fan, and then it was this, like, he tried to turn it into a creature feature. And he mm. like he did his own thing with it. I, I just, I didn't like it. I just felt, it was the first time I'd gone to see a superhero thing and gone, ugh, he's ruined it. Oh no. Which I know we do slag off a lot people who go like that because it's not always, it's not for you, it's for,
0: but you know, who is that representing? I on the other hand love the Sam Raimi trilogy. Maybe not so much the third one. <laughs> you know, But we give it a pass. Um, Spider-Man 2 was a good film. Spider-Man 2's cracking. And you know, Otto Octavius like oh my god very good character oh yes oh baby but yeah you know, I just yeah we've talked about it enough let's not let's not come to blows again it's an example of a, of a trilogy going down the pan because the first two were done very well and the third film was the studio going oh well you've made us a lot of money let's make more and give you no options have three villains do it all, because we want to, you know, We're not. you might not make another one. He's like, but I've just made these two, and they were critically successful. Yes, well, we're scared it might not work again, so put everything in this one. Yep, Sony really,
1: really screwed oh. crit- crit- on that one. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I would like to have seen what would happen if he wasn't, like, if he had better
0: people guiding what yeah. where it was going. Because he, I don't think he wanted Venom yet. No. He wanted Mysterio, I think because there's a spec script somewhere floating around the internet, mm. I can't quite remember. Yeah, he definitely didn't Venom for like another two or three films.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was too early. Venom's such a big turning point in the character.
0: Mm. You know. Oh yeah. Have you you've seen the Venom movies, haven't you? The, the ones I have. Where, with um, again I've forgotten his name because I couldn't you, remember. You don't think you remembered a
1: single actor's name <laughs> from?
0: no I you got remember Mike Myers wrong i couldn't <laughs> remember him earlier with with bane and i rolled past it so Tom, Hardy. I thought, Tom yes he's very good in the in the bane in the uh, venom movies you know what um, they get a lot of flack. i love them i think they're fun a lot of fun although yeah. actually, i think
1: they did carnage dirty mm. Mm, i don't see i don't know i enjoyed it
0: but i, I like i, I think Harrison. yes
1: Oh, well, this is the thing. <laughs> I think there was a lot of potential there. And Moody Harrelson was fantastic with Cleus. Mm. But the fact
0: that that's it for for Carnage now. That's the upsetting thing. Yeah. I, I I don't know. He might come back, you know. That's a different universe. And Venom now exists in another universe. So maybe there's another Carnage. Well, Yeah.
1: N- not if Venom didn't already exist in that universe. Because Carnage is an offshoot of Venom. That's how it always happens. Yeah, but because one venom has gone back, but he's left some venom in the other universe. I know, but see if if they make another Carnage come off from that venom, that's just too repetitive. <laughs> is my is my issue? Ah. you know.
0: But having this the actual character come back again
1: would have been nice.
0: Yeah, I remember watching the the Spider-Man animated series and the Fantastic Four and stuff. And whenever Venom and Carnage turned up, it was badass. And I always loved uh, Carnage because he was so wild. He was just mental. Did you ever play the PS1 Spider-Man games? Uh, I remember watching friends play them. I don't think I ever... Because I never had a PS1. But I, was, I, re- I remember I remember watching other people play them.
1: The first one, um, Symbiotes are the main villains. Ooh. It's like, they're everywhere. And it ends with um, Doc Ock fusing with Carnage. Oh. And it's just the most horrific thing that was on that console, and I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying that I'm still scarred. Holy moly! And you just have to get out of there. You can't fight him. Mm. And it was just amazing. Oh, good lord! Oh, it was. It was just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. that sounds good. Oh, and that's you know I, 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 I that was my Spider Man.
0: Yeah.
1: Before, oh yeah. Before Sam Raimi came along and pissed all over it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moving on. Moving quickly on. on. Poor Sam. A uh, special mention uh, for a couple other comic book trilogies that were started off promising and ended up awful.
0: Oh, yeah, we've got to talk about some badgins. Blade. Now, I'm very... Yeah, Blade is a very upsetting one because the first two are very good fun. The first one is amazing. The second one was a bit odd. And the third one is just hot garbage. Yeah, it just it's just entertaining. It was the start of the nineties bloat of like comic book movies. Because Blade came out in like the late eighties, I think. Or maybe early, early nineties. But by I'll the time by the time Blade Trinity came out, it was like two thousand. So the first two were made in the nineties. And Blade Three, I'm pretty sure, was either two thousand and one, I wanna say. It feels like that. We're gonna do some research. The yeah, first one came out in ninety eight. Oh, later than I thought. Blade 2 came out in
1: 2002. Oh, my goodness. Blade Trinity came out in 2016. No,
0: 2004. That's 16. (laughs) It's just so bad. Like, the first two are gritty and gothic and dark and cool, but they still had fun. Blade was still a fun character. Like, there's that bit in the first scene where he comes into the vampire club and he, like, slices off some heads and he goes, Booyah! And it's like... He's having fun. You know, he's not yeah. just an overly dark character. And then in the third one... He is
1: a, a, a ridiculously talented and skillful character in a very
0: dark setting. Exactly.
1: And, and then, then the third one has Ryan Reynolds.
0: Introduce Ryan Reynolds. And he, they were meant to carry it on. Ryan, that's why this, that's why it's so bad as well, because Ryan Reynolds and... Um, I do who else was in the it. Female actress. Oh, what is her name? Who is she? Get wait. it back up. Basically, they were meant to start another trilogy. They were meant to start the new series of, like, Blade films, and Blade was going to get killed or whatever. And so, oh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Of course it's Jessica Biel. Uh, so Wesley Snipes was, like, really pissed. Because this was the end of his him as Blade, so there was all this tension on set. So that's why there's no chemistry between them. And like Ryan Reynolds is trying his best. He's got this appalling script of like two thousand cringe edge humor, and he's trying his best with it. But they, you know, they hadn't nailed the Reynolds vibe by that point. You know, he hadn't matured into himself because by the time he got to Deadpool, he'd nailed his tone. But by that point, he was. At that point, he was just a sassy little fuck. Um, at,
1: at this point, Ryan Reynolds existed to kill comic book franchises.
0: <laughs> yeah. X-Men Origins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blade. Oh. Green Lantern. Oh, he just... He's done so much damage.
1: And Ryan, you know, we love you in Deadpool. Love you in Deadpool. We're looking I can't forward... to waiting for Deadpool to, 3. That, talking
0: of trilogies! Talking of trilogies. Oh! My lord. But... um. But Blade Trinity... And the story is so bad as well. The main villain is bad. It all just feels so cheesy. There's no weight to anything. Everyone is, everyone is either cringy or cheesy. No one is con, no one is convincing. Every character in that film is overwritten and overperformed, and it's bullshit. Because the first Blade is still one of my favourite comic book films. It's so badass. Oh yeah, Blade was a okay, oh. but- and I can't wait for the new Blade with Mahershala Ali to bring some fucking conviction back to the role and bring it back into the light, so to speak. Um, But again, there's an example of years between films allowing studios to just rip the guts out of what made a film good and just tack on some uh, handsome Canadian tart and uh, (laughs) try and make it to something it never was. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Also,
1: killing off Chris Christopherson. Office that was a... that was oh, I was so sad. Oh, that was awful. Oh,
0: yep. Yeah.
1: Cool. and X Men.
0: Oh, the X Men trilogy. Oh, it's it hurts because the first two again perfection. I love the first two X Men films, mm-hmm. and then X Men Three. It was too soon to oh. get into the Phoenix nonsense, and they did it. They did it again wrong. in the in the oh, new series. Again. I, I still haven't watched it. I've not seen Apocalypse, but they're always determined to oh, wait, bring... is Apocalypse one with Phoenix? Oh, wait, no, there's Apocalypse, and then there's the Phoenix. Uh, yeah, I think there's four oh, of can't them. I not remember. Was... The Apocalypse was rushed. Apocalypse was rushed, but then I think there is another Phoenix film. Rise of the Phoenix or something. Uh... But they always try and bring it in too soon because it's such a powerful story. They're like, we need to talk about the Phoenix. We need to get the Phoenix in the film Dark series, Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. But they always rush it and they never get to a point where they've built enough character trust. And it's just, it's just, it's put in.
1: But and it's... this is the whole thing with Apocalypse. He wanted that to be like six films in, mm. you know, because Apocalypse is the big baddie. Yeah, you know, he is. The greatest threat that the X Men ever face, mm.
0: and we'll put him in film three.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it was just yeah because again, studios. We're not even talking about that one. We're talking about the first one. Oh, the first but one. The legacies. oh, but oh my god, I remember when did when would I've I wouldn't have seen X Men in the cinema. I'm pretty sure I got it on DVD. I think I saw it in the cinema. Did come out? Because I, um, I would have seen it after the fact because. I was an uncultured child. My parents did not believe in media. Um, <laughs> yeah, two thousand it came out. Yeah, the tone of the first film was so cool and like mysterious, and all the mutants had like weird little powers, and it was really well done. I mean, the second one—it's an amazing film. Striker, all that stuff. Like the the scene at the start with the mansion where they're like fighting through and Wolverine's coming through walls and like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And just the, the in the dam as well when he discovers the X2 stuff and all the things. It's like, oh, amazing. All this backstory again about Wolverine and what he is and where he's about. And then it's it just culminates in the third one and it all just goes to shit. Yep. That's awful. Uh, but again, it's the studios overreaching and making a director do... What they did not want. Sad times. Sad times. Sad times on the podcast. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe people don't agree. Maybe people have their own opinions on these things. We should hear them. We should hear them. You know where to go. I mean, hopefully this is your 31st episode. But if you've somehow only just stumbled upon us and listened thus far, where do people need to go?
1: Well, where don't they need to go? I wasn't prepared for a question. Um... <laughs> Well, in the episode description, there is a link tree. Ooh, a link tree! Linktree forward slash The Badger Shelf. The Badger Shelf. That'll take you to our Facebook, Instagram, Discord. I don't
0: know, Eddie's OnlyFans.
1: You know, it's all the. (laughs) It's all if you want stuff. to
0: go at your own, if you don't believe in clicking links, you think they are witchcraft, as you rightly should. Mm. Google us, Badger Shelf, we're everywhere. If you Google the Badger Shelf, it's mostly us, which is, is that? unreal. It's what happens when you take a weird colloquial phrase and turn it into its own thing. It's search engine optimization genius, is what that is. It's how we do. SEO, baby! We have a thriving, can we say thriving? A thriving community. There's nice people. Lovely... There's a good bunch on Discord. We've got a nice Discord server. Um, we'll pop in from time to time to check on you and make fun of your opinions and Dave. But um, he's there sometimes as well. We shouldn't say that. He's That might put people off. Happy New Year, Isn't Dave. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. We've just made a new logo. It's a New Year new we, baby. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. New year, new bee. That's what they say. The badger shelf is back. With a bang, not with a whimper. What noises do badgers make? Squeak. Do badgers squeak? We should know this 31 episodes in. Badgers go, yeah. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And by that, of course, we mean thank you very much for listening. (laughs) We will see you next time.
0: Anon. (laughs)